Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Because one of my concerns as your pastor would be that, uh, that there would be many of us that would spiritually take three months off. <laughs> Come on, can we just be honest at church today? Has anybody ever spiritually taken two or three months off in the summer? You're just like, somebody asked you and it was like, you know, oh man, I know we need to, I know we need to get back in. I know we need to, I know, and, and then we start heading toward the fall and then people start thinking like, well, school's getting back in session and we're going to get back in church and we're going to get back connected and, and we're going to begin to, to see people again and all of this. And one of my concerns is that, is that there would be some of us that would take a few months off from the things of God, and then we would try to regroup in the fall. And so today, I, want, I just want to provide some practical uh, advice, and we're going to look at, uh, look at our example, who is Jesus. Come on, Jesus is our example. And I want to encourage you today in three ways uh, as we go through the summer months, because this weekend really kicks off the summer. We start thinking summer today. I mean, like, a lot of you are off work tomorrow, and you're thinking summer, you're thinking vacation. Come on, there are people going on vacation next week, right? I mean, it's like, we don't waste any time getting to things. And those are all good things, and you need to go on vacation, and you need to have some time of relaxation. And, and uh, our family, we're going to do the same. But I just want to give you some practical advice that I felt like the Lord wanted me to share with you today. And so I've titled this message simply this creating space, creating space. Uh, I think sometimes we need to focus in on this art of, if you will, creating space in our lives, especially in, in certain seasons. And as I was preparing this message, I saw this visual of a closet, right? We all have a closet. Everybody have a closet. Have you ever, you ever walked into your closet and it was just stuffed full of clothes, Everywhere that you turned, there was stuff, just stuff. You had, you had clothes hanging up, and then you had clothes underneath those clothes that were like on shelves. And then you had, you know, like not only do we have one rack of stuff that's hanging up, but we also have a rack underneath it. You know, it's like, well, we have all of our shirts up here, and we have all of our pants and stuff down here. And I was thinking about how some of us, if you ever tried to find something in your closet and it was difficult to find because of how much stuff was in your closet, you ever you ever walked into your closet that is so full and so crowded with things and then you made this you made this comment well I don't have anything to wear you ever been looking have you ever have you ever gone through your closet at some point and you found something that you had forgotten that you had that you were so excited that you bought when you bought it that you forgot that you had it because it was stuffed in between everything else that was in your closet some of us, we, we try to organize, and it's, different, it's difficult to organize everything that's in there because there's so much in there. And, and sometimes we try to add something to the closet. We try to buy something else and add something to it, and it doesn't fit because there's just not enough room, and we just keep cramming and cramming and cramming and cramming. And I was thinking about this question, what if instead of just cramming and cramming and cramming more things into the closet— what if you remove some things that weren't the most important things for you in the closet, right? You, we all have probably 15 outfits in our closet that we just don't wear. 
And every time you go through your, every time you go through your stuff, you're like, well, I might someday, three years from now, when I lose 15 pounds, put that on. Right? Or I might, you know, uh, it's just not the season for it. I'm just going to keep it for now. And I was thinking about how a lot of us, we just keep cramming and cramming. And we get frustrated sometimes. You ever walked in and gotten frustrated and, and, and you just weren't in a good mood? Anybody ever just woke up, you're just not in a good mood? And you walk in and, and, and you just get frustrated and you're like, all right, today's the day. And you get three trash bags out and you're just throwing things in the trash bags. And you're like, this is all going to be donated to somebody today because I'm so frustrated about that. And what if instead of letting things get to that point, we maintained and we paid attention and we took inventory and we, we weeded out some things that, that weren't quite necessary even in our lives. What if instead of letting things get to the point in your life where it's just so chaotic and so crazy that you made a plan ahead of time that you were going to make sure that there was always space for certain things? What if you pre-decided that there was always going to be space for certain things. That no matter what season we're walking into, there's always going to be space for this. No matter what we're going through as a family, there's always going to be space for this. No matter what is going on in our life, what is going on in our world, what is going on over the next few months or over the next year, I'm always going to make, I have pre-decided that there is going to be space for these things. And so I want to talk to you for just a few minutes today as we head into the summer about creating space and just three very practical areas that I want to encourage you to create space in your life for. The first one is this, point number one, create space for your relationship with God. You're going to have to create space for your relationship with God. Here is, here is my concern for some of us. And come on, they're the, like we're not condemning or, or talking bad about anybody else because I have been here. And this is a struggle for me personally as well. But you get so caught up in, in what is going on in your life that before you know it, three days and seven days and 12 days and two months and three months have gone by. And you haven't had really an intimate relationship with God. You've just been going and going and doing and doing and there hasn't been time that you have created, space that you have created for your relationship with God. And I know this seems practical, but we all go through seasons, I think, where it's, it's more difficult, it seems like, and the enemy even maybe fights us and tries to get us to cram so much stuff in that we don't, we don't focus on our relationship with God. And then a little bit of time goes by and we don't feel close to the Lord. We don't feel like we can hear from God. At one time, we felt so, so in tune. We felt like we were on the same frequency that he was speaking to us. And then time goes by, and because we didn't create space, we didn't make room, we find ourselves struggling and like, how did I, I used to be so close to God and how did it get to this point? And now we're, we're struggling to kind of regroup, if you will, and, and focus in on our relationship with God. And so we need to create space for our relationship with God. Just a, a few verses that I want to I share with you. Colossians 3, 2, it says, set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above the heavenly things, not on things that are on the earth, which have only temporal value. I don't think this is telling you not to go on vacation. 
There's nothing that's saying all of these things that, that you have going on in your life are bad things. They're not bad things. It's just, are you creating space? Are you habitually focused and have your mind set on the things that are most important? That, that way, no matter what comes up in your life, you're going to make sure that your mind is set, that you are keeping focused on the things that really matter. And we know this as, as one of the, the top ten or the ten commandments in Exodus 23 20 verse 3, it says, you shall have no other gods before me. How, do you know, how many of you know that when we read that, it's easy to think, well, we read through the Old Testament and they were, they were, they were making gods, they were forming gods or whatever. How many of you know that we have a tendency to do this sometimes? Come on, your schedule can become a god in your life. The, the, the things that you're focused in on can become a god in your life. And sometimes there has to be a reshifting. And what I felt like the Lord wanted me to, to, to talk to you about today is not letting it get to the point to where now we just have to reshift everything and we're just make, making drastic changes because we didn't create space and we didn't, we didn't, we didn't pre-decide that there are going to be some things in my life that I'm going to make time for, I'm going to make space for, I'm going to make sure that this happens. And one of those is our personal relationship with God. And like I said, we're going to look at the life of Jesus and some things that Jesus said as, as he was walking on the earth, some things that he even did. And Jesus uh, has just taught and he's fed this crowd. Many of us know, if you were looking in your Bible, it would say that Jesus feeds the 5,000. And immediately after that, he's just been busy. There's been a lot going on. There are people all around. And then in Matthew 14, we pick up the story and it says, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, what did he do? He went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Jesus modeled creating space for his relationship with the Father, for time, uh, intimate time with the Father. I don't think, like Jesus had people pulling on him all the time, all the time. I mean, he couldn't, he was on his way to go somewhere and somebody else would be pulling on him to do something for them. I mean, Jesus was busy but he always had time. There was always space for his relationship with the Father. Mark 6, 46, after telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Luke 6, 12, one day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. Mark 1, 35, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. You know what's interesting about this verse to me? As it says, it points out before daybreak the next morning. How many of you know that, that there's a possibility, I'm just saying, I'm just reading into the Bible just a little bit, that Jesus knew when the sun comes up, things get crazy. And so I've got to get out before the sun comes up, before the people are waking up, and I need to get out here and I need to have some time with my Father because he's going to equip me for what I need to accomplish this day, for everything that's going to come my way. I don't know, sometimes I just read into it a little bit and it doesn't tell us that, but it does say that before the sun came up, before daybreak, he was already out. He had gone out to an isolated place to pray. And then Luke 5, 15 and 16 but despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Jesus was never too busy or distracted for his relationship with the Father. 
He was never too busy or too distracted with everything that was going on and the people that were pulling on him and everything that was surrounding him that he did not create space and make time for his relationship with the Father. It was a priority and it was a necessity for him. Listen, I want to encourage you. Don't put God on the back burner with plans to pick him back up in the fall. If I can just talk to you for real, don't put God on the back burner with plans that, well, we're just going to have a lot going on and we'll just pick things back up three months from now. Don't, don't pre-decide that your relationship with God is priority in your life. Don't schedule your relationship with God out of your life because your relationship with God is the most important thing in your life. And all the other things are fine. Listen, all the other things are fine. I'm telling you, we're going to do all the other things. We got basketball camps and, and basketball play days and vacations scheduled and time with family and friends and all of this stuff that's going to be going on all summer. But we cannot schedule our personal relationship with God completely out of our lives and it just be an afterthought. We've got to prioritize it and create space. I know there's going to be a lot going on, but I'm going to create this space for my relationship with God so that it thrives in this season. It thrives in this season. Don't allow the other things to take priority in your life over your relationship with God. Because if you do, my concern is that it will be a struggle to reform good habits in your life when you come back around and decide that the time is right. Let's be proactive and let's stay connected to God. Let's, let's be in an intimate relationship with God, finding a rhythm to prioritize our relationship with God. Here's the second thing that I think is so key in busy seasons, and that's to create space for community and for growth. To create space for community and for growth. Galatians 6.2 says, share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. And you've heard me say this before, but how can we share each other's burdens if there is not any community? How can we know what's going on in each other's lives and be there for each other if we don't have community? We all know these verses, Ecclesiastes 4, starting in verse 9, it says that two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And I want to read these verses to you because there's something in here that stood out to me as I was studying for this. And this is in 1 Peter chapter 2. It says, like newborn babies, you should long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may be nurtured and grow in respect to salvation, its ultimate fulfillment. Listen, here, this is my prayer for you and for me as we go through this next season, is that there would be a craving and a longing for spiritual growth and the word of God in your life. That it would not get put on the back burner that it would not be forgotten about, but that as you go through this, I just had that there would be something on the inside of you, the Spirit of God on the inside of you, that in everything that you do, that there would be this thought that I need community, I need growth, I've got to create space for this, and I know things are chaotic and things are crazy, but I've got to create space for this because it is a necessity and a priority in my life. It's, it's, it's what I need 
in my life. And once again, Jesus, looking at a few things, he modeled the importance of making sure there's space for relationship and community. We've already seen that no matter how busy it got, Jesus was going to have his relationship with the Father. He was going to make time. He was going to create space for that. But we also see, and I'm just going to read a couple because there are so many that we could read as you go through the Gospels. But in Matthew 13 and verse 36, it says, Then leaving the crowds outside, Jesus did what? He went into the house with his disciples. And his disciples said, please explain the story of the weeds in the field, right? Jesus has just been teaching. There have been all these people around. But Jesus said, you know what we need right now? We need to go into the house. There needs to be community. And this is an opportunity the disciples asking a question where he can teach and there can be growth with those close in smaller groups. Discipleship with people, spiritual growth, community to where you're getting to know other people and you're in relationship with them. Jesus is surrounded by his disciples in this house and he has the opportunity to teach them. Another one, Mark 14, 17 and 18, says in the evening Jesus went to that house with the twelve. While they were all eating, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, one of you will turn against me, one of you eating with me now. What I want you to see here, what I underline in my notes is they were eating together. Jesus in the evening time, he said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to create space, and we're going to get in this room, and we're going to eat together. We're going to fellowship together. We're going to talk together. We're going to disciple each other. We're going to grow together. There's going to be community. We are not too busy to have community. We are not too busy to, to be in discipleship, to be growing spiritually, even when things are busy and things kind of seem out of the norm. Come on. You know, if you have kids, when school lets out, everything gets out of the norm. It's like schedules are, are, are all over the place, and there, it's like the routine is broken. And a lot of times, if you're like me, I'm a rhythm, routine person. And if I don't have this rhythm and routine, I am lost. I'll be walking around the house like, I don't even know what to do. Because I do this, it's like the same thing. It's like, going to get up, going to do this, then we're going to do this, then we're going to do this. And it's like there's this schedule and there's this routine. And when things get thrown off, it's easy for, for us to lose sight and lose focus. And we've got to stay focused. We've got to create space to do life together and to grow together. We've got to make space for that, Jesus spent time walking with the disciples. He spent time teaching the disciples. He spent time eating meals with the disciples. And no matter how busy things got, he always created space to spend time with these guys around him. He was investing in the relationship and the growth of them. It was important no matter how busy and chaotic things got. And I believe that you and I need to make sure that in the midst of everything else going on, that we do not neglect community and growth in this season. Just some practical things before we go on to, to the, the third point is, man, join us for these summer circles that we're talking about. Be a part of this devotional. Listen, we are trying as a church to set aside specific time to facilitate this. We don't want to tell you that this is what you need to do and then not have a way for you to be able to do it. Now, these are not the only ways that you can do this, but we are trying to be strategic, even in this season and really every season, for you to be able to be engaged in this way, and so Sunday, June the 27th, and Sunday, July 25th at Lake Crook, we're going to gather together, we're going to circle up, we're going to pray together, we're going to have fellowship together. They're intentional times that are set apart for you to bring your family out, for us to be in the community together, and we've already talked about it, but grow groups, you know this, they're starting next week, it's a short eight-week semester of grow groups. Get in a group. I know you're going to be gone one week on vacation. 
But just because you're going to be gone one week on vacation don't mean you need to miss eight weeks of being in a group. Oh, he's preaching today. (laughs) Don't put it on the back burner. You're going to be gone. We know you're going to be gone. Everybody know, like, summertime, people are taking trips and vacations, but you still need community and you still need growth, even in this season. Don't cut church out of your summer life and be in a group. If you're a student, make Tuesday nights a priority. You know what? I'm going to create space. I know that I'm out of school. I'm going to create space. I know that things are are different right now, but I'm going to create space. I'm going to make it a priority. we got to find a rhythm so that we can prioritize community and spiritual growth. And then here's the third one, and it's so important just because it's number three does not mean that it is the least important. You need to create space to love your neighbor. Create space to love your neighbor. Don't head into this season with all selfishness in mind. And I know we don't think about it that way, but it's easy to get distracted and it's easy to get busy. And we need to create space to love our neighbor. Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. When you do things, do not let selfishness or pride be your guide. Instead, be humble and give more honor to others than to yourselves. Do not be interested only in your own life, but be interested in the lives of others. And here are some things that Jesus himself said in Mark chapter 12. He says, one of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, of all the commandments... Which is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Jesus says, listen, it's important that you love your neighbor. Well, what does it look like to love my neighbor? Well, I'm glad you asked because Jesus tells another story. Because, and what I find interesting about this is uh, this is the, the Good Samaritan. We know this as the Good Samaritan story. And it's interesting to me because the guy, the guy that is approaching, that has having a conversation with Jesus, he's almost trying to find the loophole in the love your neighbor command. Well, I know I need to love my neighbor, but who is my neighbor? Like, what does that actually mean? What, what does that actually look like? And then Jesus replies with a story. He says, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him off of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill, if his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said what? Yes, now go and do the same. Go and do the same. I want to bring the worship team back. Have you ever found yourself trying to justify why you don't need to help someone or why you don't have time for someone else's need? 
You ever had a conversation in your mind of, of how you're too busy to, to, to meet somebody else's need? How there's too much going on for you to be a part of doing something for somebody else? And this is what this man was doing with Jesus. He, was, he knows that he's supposed to love his neighbor, but he's looking for the loophole in how he can get out of this, this command. And we don't want to use the excuse of busyness as a reason why we're not sharing the love of Jesus by loving our neighbor, by serving people. And Jesus, in the midst of all that was going on, he created space. Listen, he created space to heal people. I mentioned a minute ago, Jesus would be on his way to somewhere else, and then he would be interrupted by somebody else on his way to where he was going, and he would create space. And people would get frustrated, and they would get upset, and they'd get mad. And, and well, if you would have been here, if you hadn't waited, if you hadn't stopped for that, if you hadn't entertained that person's need, then you would have been here in time. And Jesus is making the point. He says, I created space. It didn't matter how busy I was when there was a need, and the Father said, this is a need that you need to meet. He stopped, and he created space, and he met the need. He made space to heal people to serve people, to be there for people, to love people deeply. And I want you to ask yourself today, as we head into, as we head into the summer months and, and what the next few months look like, I want you to ask yourself this question, how can I serve and love people this summer? How can I serve and love people this summer? Listen, it just when you every single week you just ask yourself, you know what? How can I serve and love people over the next season? How can I serve and love people in the month of June? What can I do in July that would serve and love people that I would be creating space to love my neighbor that it's not all about me and listen, just some things that that we have as a church that you can be a part of. You heard me talk about it at the beginning. June the 12th is our next serve day where we're going to be in the Save-A-Lot parking lot and we're going to be passing out lunches and praying for people and loving on people and having conversations with people and serving people in that way. You can show up at 1030 on that Saturday and join us as we set up and we serve people and we love on people that day. You can, listen, we do this every single summer, but on July the 10th, July the 10th is our citywide serve day. And this is the most fun day, I think, of the whole year. Because last year, it, it's grown every single year. Last year, there were almost 100 people from our church that gathered in this parking lot and left from here and served in like over 10 projects all across our city and community. Loving our neighbor. Hey, here's an organization that's doing something to love people. How can we get how can we get in with you and we serve you on this day to make it easier for you to move the ball forward in your area? Hey, who are some people that we know in our community that we can go mow their yard and weed eat their yard on this day to love them and just say, you know what, God cares about you and this is what we're about and we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus and so we are doing this as an act of service to you. And we've already been in planning for this. And there are going to be some new uh, organizations and teams that we're going to be able to serve at this year. And I think the other day we had a meeting about this. And, and I think with, with our Mo teams and everything, there were going to be like 17 different options. 17 different projects, teams that you can get on to serve on July the 10th. Why are we doing this? It's because Jesus said, 
you need to be the hands of he he gave he showed us example he said himself i didn't come to serve but to be or to be served but to serve come on he wrapped the towel around his waist and he was washing the disciples feet and they didn't understand it he said listen i'm setting an example for you i want you to go out and i want you to serve and in this way i want you to love people love your neighbor show the love of jesus to those around you be out in your come on we're not we're not in this community by accident You don't live in this community by accident. You don't live where you live by accident. You don't know the people that you know by accident. It's not just happenstance that you are where you are, that you work where you are. No, I believe God has a plan right where you are. And part of that, part of that is serving other people. It's loving your neighbor. What would it look like for you and your family? To just take some, take some time this summer in a few different increments and just say, you know what? How can we see a need and meet a need? God, open my eyes this week so that we can see a need and we can meet a need. I don't want to be too busy that it's all about me and what I've got going on. That I miss an opportunity that God is presenting for me to love and serve somebody else. So how can I see a need and meet a need? What are some things, come on, you just got to begin to ask yourself these questions. What are some things that I can do? And I think, man, joining us on June the 12th and on July the 10th, those are two strategic dates to where you can be a part. And we're going to have, man, it is so much fun to show up and serve other people. To hear the stories of people, the conversations and the projects and the gratefulness of organizations in our community that we would even go out and do this. And I'm excited because it seems like every year we continue to add another organization here and another organization there and another project here and there because there are so many that we can be a part of. And listen, we're not trying to recreate the wheel, but let's just get in on what they're doing and let's serve them and let's move the ball forward for them. And it's an opportunity for us to do that in our community. For us to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. We need to find a rhythm in this next season to prioritize serving and loving others. Serving and loving our neighbor. Will you stand to your feet today? I want to pray for you. And I just want you to very practically to begin to ask yourself the questions. As you go through this week even. You know what? I'm going to pre-decide this week as we head into this season. I'm going to pre-decide this week. How, what is it going to look like for me to create space so that my relationship with God thrives even in busy seasons? What is it going to look like for me to create space so that, so that I have community, so that I'm continuing to grow, so that I'm around people and I'm connected and we're doing life together and we're being discipled even in busy seasons? And what would it look like in my life for me and my family to get out and to serve and to see a need and meet a need and to be in tune with the Holy Spirit to where whenever we're driving down the road or we're in the grocery store or wherever we are, that we can hear that voice and we can feel that unction inside of us that says, hey, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for you to love your neighbor. This is what I want you to do and that we would be obedient. We have to create space. We got to create some space we're going to go we're going to do all the fun stuff and we're going to travel and we're going to have trips and we're going to have retreats and we're going to have vacations and we're going to have get togethers and we're going to do all these things but we've, we've got to be intentional to create space in our lives to keep the main thing the main thing
And so don't schedule your relationship with God out of your life, but create space. Don't, don't schedule community and spiritual growth out of your life. Create space. And don't schedule loving and serving your neighbor out of your life. Create some space. God, we just thank you today. First of all, for who you are, but we thank you that, that you modeled and spoke to these these different areas lord we can see all throughout the gospels when you were when you were on the earth jesus that you you were intentional to create space for your relationship with the father and so i pray that you would show us what it looks like to do the same to be so intentional to 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 make room in our lives for our relationship with god Lord, you you took these 12 guys around you and there was community and there was discipleship and you were teaching them and you were eating together and you were walking together. You were doing life together. It was so intentional to build the relationships. And so God, help us and show us what it looks like for us to do the same in our lives. And Lord, we, we, we know that you said you did not come to be served, but to serve. And ultimately, you laid down your life. You laid down your life for our forgiveness and for our sake and so Lord show us what it looks like for us practically to in essence lay down our life to create space to take into consideration the needs of others to see a need and meet a need and to be a part of serving and and reaching out in our community and sharing the love of God with those around us Lord I thank you that you are speaking to our hearts and that you are doing what only you can do and you are showing us, even right now as we sing this song, Lord, I pray that you would show us, that you would speak to us as to what this looks like for our lives and how we can create space in this season to keep the main thing and the most important thing the most important thing. And we thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.